0: Hey, it's that was weird. Podcasting day. Um, let's get into this because we got some stuff to talk about, right? Tell them who you are,
1: Jess Anderson, with photoswithanderson.com or on Facebook at photoswithanderson. And you can also search for my private group, it's just boudoir photos with Anderson. Keep it real simple,
0: <laughs> keep it real simple, yes. And, um, uh, if you need a place to hang and you're 18 years or older and a feminine energy, I've got this really cool sexual wellness and intimacy group. Uh, you got to be that age to be in that group. you got to be invited by somebody too. It's totally a secret. That's one of my favorite things about it. Uh, but if you are not on the Book of Face, you can follow me on Instagram. Uh, there's upcoming things happening between empowerment classes, potential food, cooking stuff, working on husband's thing, figuring that out. He's figuring that out. That's off my hands now, Mm -hmm. which is where we're at at that. Um, But coaching is going phenomenally, so if you are feeling some discord or some unease in your life or looking to gain some momentum in your change, I highly recommend checking out an empowerment class. Uh, One-to-one coaching is available. You can check out my VIP page and my personal page for free content if you're looking for that. Lots of really exciting stuff happening for sure. Mm -hmm. So today um, we whipped up a podcast topic 35 seconds ago. And then tangent talked for ten minutes like we always do, and always. probably woke up Olivia because she was supposed to be sleeping. But yeah. oh well, she can listen; it'll benefit her. So today is going to be kind of a follow up. Oh, I meant to look up the podcast number. That's where we got to the this the squirrel moment. <laughs> there's a previous podcast or two about like intro to personal development, and there's a check in episode. There's a actual coaching episode. So if you are kind of unfamiliar then I would recommend, you know, you can go to those, but you don't have to necessarily be there because we're going to give you a quick rundown of what you would expect in a level one and then talk about what to expect in level two, where to go, what happens, what you should be processing and why this is brilliant. Cause I had um, somebody like ask me the other day, like, what are you? And I still say that I feel like I constantly struggle to describe what it is because the most common association is coaching. I don't like to use the word coaching Um, and this is because when I got a coach my coach was like well do you want to be a coach or do you want to be a mentor and I'm like what's the difference and she described that coaching is really like people literally coach like you know direct or suggest potentially what to do whereas a mentor asks a lot of questions and the mentoring is more guided into trying to help you build your tools And decide what you want to do. Which is ultimately what I do want people to do, Mm -hmm. of course. And I think that most people want that, whether they know it or not. Because you don't want to keep searching for the answers every time something goes wrong. You just want to feel like you're equipped to handle it or learn how to do that. So then I was like, but at the same time, like I... (laughs) I feel like part of part of my, my platform has been, here's your spoiler alert. I could write a book on spoiler alerts because it's the the reason you become a mentor or I feel like you can finally gain the confidence to deem yourself in any of that classification or walk of life is because you have just started to accumulate so much knowledge about it that it's not only about your personal execution in your life, it's that you've been able to talk to other people about their personal experience and go... I think I might have something that would help you. And it's not what Rachel did. It's what Rachel learned to get through that. Mm-hmm. And for them to come back and go, that worked for me. Or that influenced me to find something that would work for me. You're like, that's it. So I think that there's no word for it. It just is kind of an, an encompassing of all things. Um, but right now, I think I think I just throw on that term perspective coaching or resistance Coaching is, mm-hmm. like, the new thing I'm thinking about, but it's, like, I don't want you to have resistance in your life. It's, like, recognizing the re- resistance to how to let it go because that's how you will speed up your manifesting. That's what I'm learning.
1: I feel like you should just be a manifesting coach.
0: Well, what does that say right there?
1: Manifesting practitioner. Yeah,
0: because yeah. when my life coach said the first thing you need to do is get licensed it was the first time I respectfully disagreed with her. And I didn't want to say that because I thought I was wrong. As somebody who's a licensed coach, I should probably listen to what the licensed coach says, right? But it was first my therapist that encouraged me because she's like, I don't think that there's any certification requirements in Nebraska for a life coach, quote unquote, or whatever you want to call it. And that relieved me, but also didn't really make me feel validated. You know what I mean? It was still like, well, how do I feel legitimate? And then somebody had asked me like the other day, like, I think this is kind of something I'm interested in. Like, what would you suggest? I said, well, it's really hard, you know, like when I was trying to find a, a title, I was intrigued by so many leaders and so many people. I was inspired by Tony Robbins and Tim Rohn, who doesn't really have a program or whatever, but there's so many people who do have programs out there. And it's like, so does that mean I have to get certified by all of them to be inspired by sharing what they they teach or what I learned? Mm-hmm. Or could I literally find something so generic that it encompassed something. And that's what I did. I got a $12 certificate from Udemy by, by completing a course. I did complete the course and I got a hundred on it. I will. Well, you can only get a hundred on it because if you fail, you have to retake it. So, <laughs> uh, but my point is, is that, um, so there, if you needed an official certification, I got one just for you. Um, but I've been, uh, I would say abundantly surprised at how people don't care. Like, I disclose it and say, you need to know I'm not a medical professional. You need to know that this is only based off of my experience. And they're like, that's cool. So that's that's fun. That's fun. Fun, I, or I guess, is not really the word I'm looking for. But I guess that's where I would just go from there is if, if you feel like you're led to serve others or help others, that it's not an unhealthy capacity to do it this way or make money
1: no and i think sustain a lifestyle i think i come back I, I come back often to how society is moving as a whole um, and i think that that's one of those things that our generation has quickly realized that all of those promises that come with certifications and degrees are no longer being fulfilled by society society told us or you know the previous generations are like go to college get this degree get this student loan debt and now it's Okay, well, there's hundreds of thousands of students that have done that and now they are working at McDonald's and not by any fault of their own. It's just there, is, there are no jobs that, that, that were previously promised. So if we, our generation, I truly think our generation is the first generation as a, as a collective that has started to find new ways to make income and new ways to, to serve others without, being, without going the traditional routes. There's still plenty of people from our generation that do go the traditional route, but I think ours... But I think is... there's a higher longing for yes. it right now. And I think that our generation has a higher acceptance of others who do not go yes. the traditional route. Yes. Because I know that my mom's generation still, like, my mom's generation, my grandma's generation, like, when you tell them that you didn't graduate college, they're just like, oh, well, there's still time. Oh, well, you could you could go back. And I'm like, mm, not going to happen. Like, I have mm-hmm. no desire to accrue more debt to learn the things that I've already learned on the job doing it. Right, well I think that's funny that you said it because I just I was, it was either
0: yesterday or this morning, I can't really think, but my cousin who I love and adore, she's like my little sister, she's six years younger than me, she's currently getting her master's in psychology. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think that it, even my niece who's here nannying for me is going to school for uh, CNA currently, but that's her plan is psychology as well. And I just think that that's so intriguing because I feel, I feel like I could go toe to toe in a conversation, not a debate, a conversation about consciousness and mind and that kind of thought process with somebody in that field of expertise. And it's Mm -hmm. like, I think to myself that same thing, like how gifted do I feel in terms of it's so lovely that I feel like I know these kinds of things, but I didn't have to pay a cent for it. It was just, it was built off of my desire searching for truth. It was built off of my desire searching for more that led me to it. But it makes me curious to think about people in that profession. Like, will it ever feel like a threat or concern to them because they acquired their information through formal education? But I thought, you know, just like anything else, I was just having this conversation with Tony yesterday. That's what it was. Um, anything else like on planet earth right like we were we saw like an electron electric car go by and it's like there's so much heated debate about fossil fuels and people you can't stop using this because Mm -hmm. we've used it forever why not we've proved that we've we've sought out an alternative method is it damning and upsetting that there will be loss of jobs in that industry yes but if we were smart and we were thinking of the greater consciousness would would we not say hey Ford we should power with Tesla like, put everything aside, whether it's about money or not, and say, how can, I, how can I be of service to you, Tesla, by offering these people who are already interested in the automotive industry, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, they could be of service to you, and how can I help move forward to the next level? What? Or something of that effect, you know, but I don't even know how we circled out of that. No, Therapy, know. like, so, just real quick. Therapy, because then I thought about that for therapists and stuff. Like, well, obviously they have to, I'm sure, have required continuing education, mm-hmm. right? So, is consciousness, is awareness part of that required ongoing, whatever, but either way, they still, they still have to adapt and, you know, update and conform to how things are different between now and how it was in their industry and field 20 years ago.
1: Oh yeah. Well, and I think that COVID has given us a great, a great example in many different industries of the, it is nobody necessarily can see when the change is coming or when the change is happening, But if you are not willing and open and aware enough to change with the times, any industry can go under. Any industry can flourish. We'll
0: probably go under.
1: We'll probably go under. But even through the best of times and the worst of times, literally any industry has the opportunity and the ability to flourish or to flounder because there are plenty of restaurants locally that have closed their doors permanently because of COVID. But there are just as many restaurants that are flourishing because of to-go orders and the ordering online and things like that. I mean, there's I can't even think right now of how many how many big businesses have their their business has soared because of COVID. So it's it's one of those things where everyone thinks when you you talk about the coronavirus and the impact that it's had on the global economy Immediately, like, my thought process goes to negative. Like, oh, it ruined the economy. Most oh, people do. Yes. That's the focus from the big media. Yes, that is the narrative that mm-hmm. we are all hearing. Yeah. But then slowly but surely, I'm starting to hear and see more of these stories of small mom-and-pop stores all the way up to Amazon, because Amazon rules the world right now. Um, f- like, they're they're doing so much better than they were pre-COVID because they, they saw the need... To adapt, they saw the need to change. They took the opportunity to adapt their own business model, however they needed to, to fit the new needs right. of their of their customer base. Pivoted, and, and they pivoted. That's exactly what they did. So it's kind of, you know, you we're talking about that with brick and mortar shops, restaurants, whatever. But then you can you can talk about that with with anything. I mean, I truly believe there will still be a need for certain jobs, certain roles in society to to need a formal education. Like I personally would like a surgeon or a doctor to to have formal training and not just a I learned this on the job kind of thing. But there are so many more non life immediately life or death positions in the in society that I think we need to be more open to to people who got to this point in their career the non-traditional route. And it, I look more and how legitimate it is, and how legitimate it is. Even though they didn't go to college, they got to this point. Their their business is booming. How many entrepreneurs do you hear about? I mean, my like top three are college like my gurus, my entrepreneur gurus are college dropouts. They tried college; it wasn't their thing. They went, and now they're the ones coaching the college students. Yes. They're the ones going to these seminars and giving these great big lectures to college students. Yes. And literally their message is, if you don't like school, why are you here?
0: Well, and I think that uh, just because the message is not to drop out of school, right? Like, I mean, I graduated college too, and I had some of the best times of my life in college. But it was, it is this back and forth entanglement of, it's just that the education should just be more open. Oh,
1: 100%. I mean, like,
0: can you not... To, to think about what brain could be unlocking cancer or the next anything, but doesn't have the access and opportunity mm-hmm. to, it's just, it's just strange and silly to me. I mean, I think that that's a very, very far for some people foreign, so for some people it's brilliantly obvious um, that's fear based you just because you don't want ha- to have everybody to have the access to that information but it's just like why <laughs> what what is so what is what is what is so important and protected of yours that you are in concern of somebody else knowing more than you having the ability to be more than you like you will always shine on what you were great at. And I think that that, you know, that also is part of that nine to five entanglement Mm -hmm. is because we feel like it's a position that we have to obtain instead of a a position we can create for ourselves. Mm -hmm. So that is why we feel like it's, it's, it's gotta be stomp on somebody to get to where I got to go kind of thing. And, Even in that realm, it's not that way. It's not that way because just because there might only be five spots for the next promotion wherever you are in your business, that does not mean that everybody around you wants that position or are ready for that position. So um, I still think that that's just not a very... Healthy workplace mentality. I mean, I came, from, I feel like I came from a really great place in terms of customer service support and training in terms of a big company. Mm-hmm. And I do, I really do feel like that. They did a really great job of building their culture, but that's just something I think that's innately built into people that you have to really tackle and talk about um, to get to a better workplace environment for them mm-hmm. to be the, having that more supportive. But yeah, I, I do agree that it's more of a our generational thing as, as we're getting there because you have. Two generations ago, in my opinion, is um, where things were pretty disconnected still. And this is just my personal experience, of course, as a white woman. And then I would say within my parents, they started the... I mean, every, every generation has rebellion and, yes. you know, go against the government kinds of things. But I think my parents' generation was more a break away from what was considered the traditional norm of mm-hmm. the 2.5 kids married or whatever. That was the first beginning stages of that. And then they they birthed my generation which is the ones that they say are the participation you know kids where we get a ribbon for everything yeah and the only thing i have to say about any of those generations is that of course like my favorite phrase is they did the best they could with what they knew at the time but if you could just envelop the best of both right Mm -hmm. like everybody's equal everybody is capable and then yeah we do cheer each other on even for the little things not because it's like that's the only thing you can do and you're amazing stop there it's because if you can believe you could do this, what else could you do?
1: Yeah.
0: It, and it just, it, I don't know. It's just very hippie and cheesy to say that it breaks my heart that we just don't think that way. No, but. but we're, we're not brought up that way.
1: We were not brought up that way, but I'm kind of excited. It, it brings me to another point, especially, and it's around COVID and education. But I keep seeing all of these memes on Facebook um, about, like, get prepared the next, like, the next generation is being raised by like stressed out mom and pop, like yeah. because of COVID or whatever, they're, they're being taught by alcoholics, whatever they're talking about homeschool and how stressed out the parents are and how messed up the children are going to be. But I look at it another way. And like, I personally, like, if you asked me two years ago, my thoughts on homeschooling, I would have told you my honest opinion would have been all of the homeschool people that I know that I know we're homeschooled. I have this weird prejudice against or like this i would say I put, it's a good word i have put them in a bubble like yeah you just like, think they're weird you're weird yeah. you're odd like you you, you lack, must you lack must social know, skills literally exactly yeah. what i was gonna say yeah. if you could not go yes. to school yeah, yep, exactly you, you lack social skills you don't know how to share toys whatever but now with the amount of people having to do like that they chose for their family to do homeschool and my, my stepkids are being homeschooled by their mother right now um my my opinion about the entire thing has changed but it it really has made me question like, why am I so attached to the idea of public school? Why am I so against the idea of homeschool? As long as we're all getting taught the same material or uh, around the same material, the same ideas, the same philosophy, philosophies, whatever, as long as we all know the basic, same basic math, same basic history, science, whatever, why does it matter mm-hmm. how we got taught it? And it's really kind of opened up my eyes to the, to the fact of I'm so invested in what my journey was and I think that that's normal and any like and I want my children or my future children to have a no, quote unquote normal experience because that's what I know that's what your normal experience was, what was. my normal experience was but then mm. you know you do look at I do I have to get a step back and I've looked at all of the negative things that came with public school and all of the bullying that I experienced and all of the bullying that I participated in and I realized that if we could start at a at a much younger age being much more open and honest with our children about you don't have to follow the social norms. You don't have to. Well, there are no social norms. This is just, that's the, the collective society, thing the collective. we've
0: agreed yes. on. Yeah.
1: Um, and you don't have to follow the, 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 you know, the societal stream or river or whatever, like turning people out. But if we could get our children to start thinking freely at a younger age while still Well, they already, they already did think freely. Yes. If we could just stop domesticating them. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I like that stop domesticating our children um we're still teaching them manners still teaching them you know Correct. math science history <laughs> i'm just thinking of the big bang theory um theme song now but with, with still teaching them that so that they can participate in society they can still be productive in the world whatever what's the like why what who's to say that they're not going to come out of this better because well
0: because most of us don't think about what you just said they i mean we only see what we had and we assume that that was what everybody else should have mm-hmm. without even comparing the fact that it's just not physically possible and it, even in the county over things aren't done the exact same way they're done here but it's just what we know it's just what we know but i think it was funny that you said why can't kids have this and then just do math history well I would take it a a step further back into the woohooiness and say, well, who gets to say what is most important for kids to learn to be successful in life? Arguably, arguably, I would would say, like, when we talked about history, I think briefly once here, right? Like, it's not that I don't think that history is important, but I do think that there's such a hyper focus on where we came from that it hinders where we go or where we are right now, right? This is true. There's a lot of ancestral trauma that comes mm-hmm. from that. There's also a lot of disagreements on how we even got here. Uh, yes. So it's it's creating a rift instead of the miraculous focus of that tree grows all by itself. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. those little... The clouds are literally here for more than just basking the sun out of our face. We don't think about the... Car- the that That cloud outside my window right now might have rain from the amazon forest Mm -hmm. and it brought to cleanse mother earth over here in nebraska right like we've gotten so lost at those bizarre things that who gets to decide and why why and what is most and that's that's the ongoing debate that will never stop
1: no but it did bring up a really good point of you know Coming from two white women talking about history. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, No, I I actually have seen a couple of um, my Facebook friends in the last couple of weeks talking about them homeschooling their children and wanting more perspective and more like more stories, more stories of their stories. Yes, because historically, public schools have focused on white history and not. Native American history, indigenous, any, any any, other history, you know, black Mexican, Hispanic, whatever. So the idea of homeschooling your children and giving them an overview of the world and the history of the world, just so that they, I don't know, I guess I still cling to the idea of it's important to know big things about the world and about the history and kind of the, so that you understand evolution and so that you understand and not just evolution of, the human body or being or whatever, but the evolution of the of the world of society, um, just so you can kind of get a better understanding of where people are coming from, because there are still people alive that have lived a hundred years ago, and the world looked completely different a hundred. The world looked completely different twenty years ago. Mm-hmm. So I do believe that it's it's good to teach children a basic understanding of the world, a basic history, but I I agree that we don't need to have this hyper focus on certain events or certain people or certain things because we're we get back into the cycle we get back into the cycle and we're stuck too much on the past and and then we i think that breeds more of a fear for the future instead of an excitement for the present
0: right and i agree with you as well but that's what i was saying It's just like i just don't who why why are we at the baseline that we are at and where do we like what what counts as the critical information versus what doesn't I would say, in my opinion, it's just, like, what we have has been what we've always had. Mm -hmm. And it's curious to me why we don't integrate more. uh, This is, again, I'm not in school and I'm not an educator, so I don't know. But I would say, like, some things that I wish my kids would have would be um, more real-life skills in terms of emotional intelligence and processing, like, work ethics uh like like i asked my when my son was 12 i asked him like what's one of the things that you are most nervous about becoming an adult and he said his taxes i was
1: like what yeah he's (laughs) like yeah you're like i mean i think doing taxes is a big deal i guess (laughs) but death and taxes yeah yeah, i know right but
0: but maybe this is those kinds of conversations even that you should be having with kids at school and stuff like that you know like i don't i don't i'm not saying i know but I just know that those kinds of conversations have made a huge impact at home. Oh, yeah. Um, and while I think it you know, when we would say, well, obviously those would pl- be places that you could have conversations like that. But if we were encouraging our kids to have those kinds of conversations with their friends, then maybe that friend who doesn't get that kind of insight at home not only would have access to it, but also it would just promote our children, you know, to be who they wanted to be that early on. You yeah. could have those open conversations. Like, it's very much... We grew up in a rigid vision of what mm-hmm. things needed to be. We, uh, and again, that's just speaking to my story. But a lot of my friends and family I know didn't have, um, can't come back and say like, oh yes, I had so many exposures to so many thoughts and ideas and it was very free thinking and like I was able to develop, like a, most people will say those things. No. But what? How, how different would it be if we started that off more before people had quarter life crises and turned 40 and 50 and 60 and realized it, or even never realized it. Mm-hmm. So my mouth is tired. I feel like I talked a long time.
1: No, it's okay. I just, my brain, <laughs> my brain is tired. Cause I literally am like, did I just find like a sub passion of mine is like reef, like education reform or something like, because potentially (laughs) like
0: but when you you don't have big conversations like this people don't ever feel they don't they don't even figure out that that's did you think if if you would have said three years ago even remotely as a joke someday you're gonna be having a conversation with a friend and you're gonna consider that you might be interested in education reform
1: no right right but i mean because i do like i feel like i jokingly have conversations with people or like post memes You know or see memes on the internet about like oh they should have taught this in high school oh they should have taught that in high school well i had a conversation with brett a couple weeks ago when we like you know when we decided or when the decision was finally made that his children were going to be homeschooled this year uh, like i had a conversation with him and i was like well wouldn't this be a great opportunity to start focusing on teaching you know the kids how to do their laundry how like how to cook how to help us with the car stuff like basic life skills that we wish we would have been taught in school that we, we weren't, yes. but now and I and I this kind like this conversation stemmed from like the sex ed education conversation. It's like it's never too young to start teaching our kids about their bodies. Why is why do we believe or why do we think that it's that our kids are too young to learn about these other basic life skills? Like why? Well, because that's all a matter of opinion. It's all a matter of opinion, but I feel like it's because it was passed down to us by our parents. Like, correct. Our parents didn't have a, these conversations till we were X amount of years old. So our five year old, she's too young to learn about cooking. Well, no, like she's she's, in my opinion, once they show interest in something, then they're the perfect age to start learning. You can get it to their age level, but right, you can right. still start to incorporate. Hey, be more
0: vague, be more vague, be more vague until yeah. it's something they can comprehend.
1: Exactly, but yeah. I fully believe that once children start to express interest in something or ask questions about something, it's the perfect time to start talking about it. Because Mason, like he, when he was six or seven, started asking a lot of questions about weather. And so Brett was just like, let's go to the library and get a book about tornadoes or whatever. And like, then we would check out movie, like DVDs about weather and we would just start watching those things. And now I've had to retrain my brain instead of when the kids ask me a question, instead of just saying, oh, I don't know. Oh, who knows? I don't know it's why don't we ask google why don't we look it up on youtube why don't we look at like let's look into that and so it's just taking the time to realize that when kids ask questions about things it's because they're curious and they're that's a perfect time to to help teach them
0: yeah help guide them. um yes I, I think that like what she said too is that when they're asking questions it's it's an important time to listen for sure um and what you had said about the one thing for me is it's been not the, I don't know, it's it's like, how do I frame this so it's not my opinion mm-hmm. the best that I can? So, and that's hard because, you know, your autopilot is to pull from what you know. Brain does that for efficiency purposes because mm-hmm. you think 64,000 thoughts a day anyway. Right. So that's, uh, that's habit. So you have to slow down. When, and I, I think that, that you start doing that probably primarily as a parent, probably, but it, it, again, can stem into everything. And it should, if you're talking to your spouse, especially if it's a heated conversation, are you in a better benefit to take a break in between responding and actually process? That's kind of why I think that texting has like changed my relationship because a phone call or in person, you're easy to snap. There's, and there's also body language you can read that person, or misread. Interp- yeah, well, most importantly, misread right as that person's interpreting their message as well. So, I think that texting has been something that has opened doors for me with my husband, most importantly, just because he's much he's very good at like if I say something, he goes, Does that mean this this, 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 you know, like he'll be this is how I'm reading what you're saying to me, especially if it's like an offend- offended thing. And, <clears throat> um, I think that break allows for people to go. Okay, so how do I want to respond? Do I want to be snarky Mm -hmm. and like try to get a point across? Or can I use this as an opportunity to say what I really feel and what I really want? And that's not something that happened overnight. Like there's absolutely times where I would respond very snarky just to get a point across or to feel good. Or to punish, I think mm-hmm. I, I I can me- remember very distinctly where we would have conversations and he would apologize for even if it was just like a miscommunication or something he didn't even say it was just my interpretation of it he would still apologize and I would go back and back and back and back and he would go what do you want me to do like like I can't undo what I said and it would had it would have to take me going I'm just trying to punish him I just want him to feel bad because I still don't feel better mm-hmm. and that was ugh, that was gross but but very important for me to remember so it comes the the real magic comes in being able to apply that to real life yes because not only is it hard for people to let their guard down and go whoa was that about me Mm -hmm. or how can i how can i try to interpret this a little bit differently or can i ask a qualifying question to actually understand what's being said here and most people never do it no because we don't know to we don't know to we just know to react from our history our everything whatever Mm -hmm.
1: And, i mean i know we kind of get off and do tangents we do tangents really well, well but um, they lead someplace someplace sometimes <laughs> um, but i i feel like because you're talking about how you communicate with tony um your husband for my husband who doesn't know um my brother tony that's right that the way that you you describe how you you communicate and your evolution of communication right. with him because it wasn't overnight right it was, it was a slow <laughs> grueling process I'll you all some ugly um, ones yeah. sometime. but it I don't know it, it reminds me it's just personal development it really is and at, at its core because once you start to change or see the, the areas that you want to improve upon yourself you start to apply those to your, your relationship right and I am very happy that in my own relationship like you know I know Facebook, like, you don't want to post things on social media that are negative or, like, super, like, every little fight. Because, in my opinion, every relationship has its high points. Every relationship has its low points. Brett and I just experienced a pretty big low. um, But coming out of it, we both realized that neither of us were communicating so that the other person would understand what was going on in the situation. We were communicating In in our own way. Everything's... So
0: body we, language, snarky, response. Yes,
1: exactly. So we had a, a little five second second tiff um, where we disagreed on something on Sunday involving uh, the children and his ex wife, and I got really upset. I got really personally offended by something that he did, and so and I told him because my personal history is that I bottle things in and I hold resentment for things and then I explode later. Mm-hmm. So I've tried to get and I slowly over time have gotten really good about very quickly opening up and being like hey i didn't like it when you when this happened i need to get away from the when, when you, you did, did this, this yes but when this happened I, this is how i felt the story i'm telling uh, myself the story i'm telling myself but i had one of those moments very quickly like within five minutes of it happening i told him how i felt about it and he immediately internalized that and i could see it on his face i could see it in his body language because everything changed the energy in the room changed Um, he immediately went to a place of, I'll never be good enough. I'll never do like, I can never do anything right in her mind, blah, 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 whatever. Yeah. And so I literally walked to another room, took a deep breath and I was like, okay, that's not what my intention was. I was not intending to make him feel bad about those, the action that happened. I was really just wanting him to know for future reference, please don't do that again. So I went back to him and explained it in terms that he would understand so that we would we wouldn't ruin our day. It wouldn't be a sour moment. It literally with five minutes start to finish. Had like something shitty kinda happened. I told him how I felt. I made like I ruined his mood by pointing it out to him and letting him know how I felt. But then I came back into a this was not like a this is not going to be a low point. This is not going to be a long drawn out thing. I just wanted you to understand how I felt. I understand where you're coming from. I appreciate your intentions for the situation. It just got misinterpreted in the moment. Let's move on. And we did. And it was, it was a fantastic moment in our growth of communication because that has been something that we both struggle with because we both have, we both have history and we both have things, personal experiences that we draw from and you have triggers and triggers. And yeah, we, got blocks. we learn we, somehow we very quickly figured out how to push each other's buttons and trigger each other and so it's we're learning how to not walk on eggshells around each other but but not get offended by every little thing kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Well, that's what that's the pull and push of it is. Like oh, yeah. when when you're a couple who is in personal development, it sucks sometimes because like one thing that I a phrase I've used to translate into my business coaching, like my and with ladies in my organization is hear my heart when I say this, which is basically like I don't, I don't think I've found a softer way to deliver this message, but I think you'll understand what my intention is. Um, and I haven't, I don't utilize that in my relationship, but I probably should, Mm -hmm. but I think that I have gotten good at kind of flipping the script and going, what would Tony say to me in this position? Mm -hmm. You know, um, and I... That was almost even a block for me just so people understand because as we've talked about you know previously that i mean like i admire tony so much he was so much to me in my beginning of our relationship not only being you know 11 years my senior but just being a very mature person even even if people his age like he, he he just is and so not only did that benefit me greatly in terms of support but it was an influence for me and it was a desire to be like i subconsciously like I never really like I honestly always thought in my relationship I'm always going to feel inferior because I kind of wanted to because I wanted that sense of security and a partner Mm -hmm. that I never had before where I felt I still felt equal but I still felt taken care of I guess was probably the way to describe it so I was um I was subconsciously holding myself back from becoming more emotionally mature and even successful in my business and finances because I thought that I would make my husband feel inferior, I think. Mm. And so I was really scared to do that. And part of that, like, the growth has become that I know that I've grown in areas more than he has now, and I can recognize that. But I think that I almost felt like it was like, I don't know if he was going to – he was going to become aware of it or that I was going to find it necessary – maybe I was was, (laughs) – calling me Um, that I was going to find it necessary to point out to him that I had – superseded his skill mm-hmm. but obviously that's that's silly but I that was still a block like I was I held myself back from and I think ultimately if I had to work it out right now I held myself back from it because if I became better than he at anything he could feel insecure he could leave me and then I could die alone <laughs> yeah no, <laughs> right
1: yeah. everything comes back to everything
0: fear of, dying alone. fear of dying alone yes so um when when I when I sit in that place now I just I actually feel gratitude I feel mm-hmm. gratitude for all of the years he was able to give me things that I always felt I was inferior to now I can just literally take some of the words and phrases he has said to me over the years and finally retain them and then reciprocate them back when necessary to to help him and it's just as like a, it's a game changer I think yeah yeah so um you can't if you've ever heard that phrase where they talk about like people are not really afraid of darkness they're really truly afraid of their own potential power and light from within and I always thought well this doesn't make any mm-hmm. sense like I just didn't understand that phrase but when you when you see it from that aspect like I was holding myself back for fear of somebody else, Feeling like they may shrink, that makes sense, mm-hmm. right? It's not about you're just holding your own power back because you're fearful of your power. You're fearful of what your power will do to other people or take away from other people. Mm-hmm. And that's not just in this instance where we're talking about emotion. This is about like you're afraid, you're fearful of making more money because if you go with more, who has to go without? And it's the same with health and wellness. Like if I'm doing well, the people I love around me who might be aren't doing so well will they resent me because i am it's all of these things so um you know that is where you'll get to after you start doing the personal development for whatever reason leads you to do it you know the low trenches of personal development are the hardest because you're down there feeling you're down there processing you're down there no longer you know like pushing aside and suffocating the problem until you think it's dead but it's really not and it'll come back um it's exhausting But leading up into where I've started to come and where I feel like you're, you're climbing to get to is more relief, more resistance, which is letting go, more forgiveness, more understanding, more ease, more flow, more trust, um, more living in the now, letting go of the the past, not hyper focusing on your future, um, it's all of that. It's all mm-hmm. of that, but it's it's still processing. It's still acknowledgement. It's still recognizing. But that's where you get into the deeper levels of it. Is a the actual why am I? Why mm-hmm. am I holding myself back? What is what? What is this feeling I'm feeling? How can I move past it? Um. Yeah, that's the second phase, I think. I'm excited for it. <laughs>
1: like just, I'm excited for it. I, well, it, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Like, you know the. I guess. I don't know if I 100% still agree with the phrase like there's no there's never there can't be sunshine without rain or rainbows without rain or something. Um but basically like you can't you, you won't, can't a rainbow without a storm. Yeah, like you won't appreciate the beauty in life without going through like trouble or hard sure. times. That's like no pain no gain. Yes. Yes. Um I still I don't know. I don't think I agree 100% with that phrase anymore. Well, I, I would say that too that that's like a fluffier prettier
0: way to say it when you put a rainbow on the end but it's not different than to say that you have to suffer to, to thrive.
1: But I still don't know if I agree with the that you have to suffer to thrive. I right, think, right, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm getting to a place where I'm like, I realize that... That's just a story we tell ourselves. That's a story we tell ourselves to make, it, make ourselves not feel as bad when we're going through something shitty. Um, or when we're making ourselves miserable like like we justify it well well i want to eventually feel better so i'm going to make myself feel shitty now so that i can appreciate when i'm also was just gonna say better.
0: like it's not as rewarding if you didn't suffer yes, together yeah,
1: yeah, yes, yeah I i agree with that but um i truly am at the point where you know going through the hard times in relationship business whatever personal health right now is a big thing for me going through the hard times really does make me appreciate the better times or like getting past the hard times getting through them processing growing because I do think that for myself personally I grow the fastest right after the hard thing like I go through the hard thing I process it and as long as you process it as long as I process it And I feel like I'm getting to a place where I'm learning how to do that more consistently. Yes. Um, But I do feel like I grow the fastest in the shortest amount of time right after the hard thing. Because I do think that I'm still in a pattern of going through the hard thing. Then I grow really fast. And then I kind of get bored and plateau. And then let myself go into another shitty thing. Yeah.
0: I would say say that you're just not practicing enough.
1: Because I'm not practicing enough. And because... And because I've convinced myself for 27 years that you have to go through to the hard, be hard. things, it's gotta be yeah, hard. you have to go through something hard to grow. When in reality, is you have to have the desire to grow to grow. So
0: yeah, and recognize. I mean, I think I think that you're exactly right, actually, because where you're at is where I was for a very, 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 very long time. The next step was stepping into the power of recognizing the capability of changing mm-hmm. and how quickly you could do it. I didn't believe that. same thing. I believed it was going to take so much time and things that do take time, like in deciphering between the two of those, like Mm -hmm. you will not make a million dollars overnight. I mean, you could theoretically, but you know how hard you'd have to bust your tush to Mm -hmm. get that action going, to get that going. I mean, you know that, right? But most people don't. It's either, well, if I can't make a million dollars, I'm going to quit. Like they, they don't adjust their expectations or their momentum Mm -hmm. and that's where they fail. So, um, yeah, so what you're talking about is getting to that next level of, um, you're you're in the awareness of the thing that's holding you back. The block is that things have to be hard for me to be rewarded. Yes. I have to be able to live in that. You will get past it as long as you keep keep focus of that recognition of it and letting go of the fact that it's, it's making you miserable because mm-hmm. that's just more bad feeling, right? Mm-hmm. Just like you had said, what do I get out of this? I get new tools. I get faster recognition. I get to bond with my partner because we come through this together. I, we learn something about each other every day every time, whatever, then when you replace it with a lesson learned and being grateful for it, like you had said, it's never going to cease negative things happening. It's never going to cease contrast in your life. And those are important because they produce variety. They produce challenges. They produce new inspiration for you to move mm-hmm. forward and try new things. Um, it's It's exactly what you said. It will be I'm in something right now that feels like it's testing me or pulling me or making me upset it's it, because the internal being inside for me it's underneath my breastbone and my rib cage something doesn't feel happy fuzzy warm light it feels dark dingy I, I like to say it to me it, like it's a representation of a scrubby brush like mm-hmm. an old wool one that's what it feels like when something's not right and two steps ago both of us would have just let that just like whoosh us away into the negative pain cycle and some type of sabotage, whether it was through overeating, overspending, Mm -hmm. ditching work, not doing that, whatever to the next level of I'm here. It doesn't feel good. I might not do all those bad habits. I just listened, but listed, but maybe, maybe I'll just be paralyzed with fear Mm -hmm. because I don't know what to do. I recognize it, but now I don't know what to do. So it's a new level of unknown. Excuse me. And so where you are, as you would stated is like you're hanging out in the future where you get anxiety because you don't have the tools to deal with the future yet and so that's why it makes you feel that way because if you had the tools if you had the knowledge if you have the solution then you feel better well everybody would but that's why we all have anxiety so you can't get hyper focused on that future you just have to hang out here and then now like you had said with how many things have i accomplished how many tools do i have how many times have i accomplished things and i feel better about myself or whatever um and then you get to this next level which is where i think i've been hanging out for a while which is Eh, when it happens, it'll happen. Like I know it will. Like there's no reason for me to waste 30 minutes on feeling a feeling when it used to take me months or days or hours to get past a feeling. Mm-hmm. Now I can just recognize and go. I'm feeling this way because of A, B, and C. Can I do anything about it? If I can, I'm going to do it. If I can't, I'm going to let it go and I'm going to move on to the next thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Whoo! It's relief. It is relief. It's flow. It's all the things that we talked about. So I'm here to tell you from the other side, which just so you know, there's more sides, right? I am not anywhere near being done. Mm-hmm. Um, I know people who are higher than I am. So I just, I am like just in that regard where I see it. I see it coming. I know it's coming. I know it's possible. You're telling me it gets better than this. Like if you would have said, like even at the beginning of this year, if you would have sat where you sat today and said, like, I feel like I have tools. I feel like I've equipped myself. I feel like I can process. You wouldn't have even said that like three to six months ago. Mm -mm. Yeah, you wouldn't have been in awareness of that. So, um, you, you and I are, we're in that, that same, that same circle of getting excited because we see what's to come, getting excited because we see what's possible, getting excited because it's not, it's not as different as people think it is. It's all fairly similar in terms of what we're searching for and how to get there.
1: Oh, yeah. And I, our tangent that we got on before the pod, before we started hitting record, um, was me sharing my excitement about Brett finally I finally explained something to him in terms that he could understand and could process himself that I think has will help him understand my journey in personal development and my where I want to go in personal development, kind of, or where I see myself going, where I'm headed, where I am going. I'm on the journey. You're That's there. Yeah. It doesn't. It's um, not that it has hasn't started. No, You're there. <laughs> yeah, I'm on the damn journey. Yeah. Um. But it it makes me excited because it that one conversation that we had today, I I already see the potential impact of how how much more open he's going to be or receptive he's going to be. When I bring something to the table or want to talk to him about right. things that are not t- physically tangible, I, I when I want to talk to him about ideas or feelings or pro like mental process, like my mental processing, um, it's just it, it's a nice feeling, and I think that it's it excited is the right word. I mean, I think that there's I use the word excited too much in life, and I should come up with
0: well, but there's nothing wrong with it if it no. still but,
1: applies. Yeah, but it it just makes me happy to know that. Eventually, I'll get to a place where, I willingly or like knowingly or unknowingly, Brett is on this journey of personal development with me, right? Because he sees what it's doing for me without knowing that that's what what it is. Mm-hmm. I miss Olivia.
0: So yeah, we've got I think a lot of things for people to kind of start with and try, and I mean that's for probably more like. First level stuff we had talked about previously, mm-hmm. but maybe even just like a little ray of hope about where you're going. I think that's one of the biggest things that it takes. Like when you get into personal development, you'll know you're there. Like for people who choose to coach with me or do the empowerment class, it's like they are ready. Mm-hmm. I'm, yeah, you know, for the most part. Like, I mean, I have people who sign up for the class and then don't take the class. So yeah. there's definitely different levels of people of when they're ready. But when you are ready and you're in it, it's like those, it's, it's like you you keep coming back. Like maybe like you're like you talked yourself out of it or you took the class but you didn't review the notes. Or And this is just my specific thing I'm talking about. Like this could be anything for you. Like you joined Weight Watchers, you quit the next week, whatever. It doesn't matter. You can apply it to anything. But when you start to stick with it and it's been longer than two weeks, three weeks, and it, it, it even if you didn't get it 100% right, but you're like, I'm not giving up this time. I'm going to keep doing it. That's the time where you need so much support and so many other people who have been through it. I'm finding very much that it's like AA. Like all of these consciousness books that I read, they talk about how 12-step programs are actually very, 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 very high energy. And um, they work for so many people. And the thing that's most successful about like um, a 12-step program like AA is that it eliminates God, like, they mention God, but it's more of just higher power is what they use more so. So that people... And that's why it's such a cleaner, higher energy. I shouldn't say cleaner. I'm sorry. A higher energy. Because people can relate to the non-entity thought of God. Because mm-hmm. for a lot of people, even if they are not religious, God brings thought of shame and guilt. um, That you should be punished or there should be consequence. And even if it's through good intention, you know, it's just... It's still that way. So... um, you need, I'm not saying go to AA, mm-hmm. but I am saying that you can see how important it is to have a support system, especially of people who have been through it, who can say, I don't know your exact journey and story, but what, what the anxiety you describe, the depression you describe, the conflict you describe, it sounds incredibly accurate to what I had gone through. You will get through it. Here's some things I can suggest, or here's where I suggest you try to find some influence in that regard. Um, and that's it, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's just don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be afraid to tell people you're looking for help. Don't be afraid to tell people you're trying to change. Like that was a huge fear of mine for a long time is I didn't talk about the podcasts I listened to or the Ted talks I watched because I thought it was shameful for me to want to be somebody else. Oh yeah. Like I was very, and and, it almost partly not, not just because of like what people would think of me for wanting to change, especially because I had a brand and an identity of a certain, I'd say community of women I could represent. But also for myself, like because I didn't know who I was, not being that person.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, and mine was I didn't talk about it at first to anyone other than you Mm. or the people that were in our circle because I, through my own experiences with society and media and movies, whatever, all things I had this very negative view of women in personal development. And it was funny because I, it was. Women in personal development are sad, lonely, um, like, desperate women. Interesting. Men in personal development are entrepreneurs, successful, and wealthy. Interesting. And, but it was – I truly 100% believe it's because of what I was consuming. 90s movies were really bad about it, about painting women that way, that if they were in the self-help book section of the like, – Oh, I see. They were lonely. There was, yeah, yeah, they yeah. were lonely. There were always snide comments – from males in the movies or tv shows whatever about the women in those so it's just a young impressionable impressionable mind developed this unconscious way of thinking about people who were in personal development and it was very much so gender biased mm-hmm. because even to this day when i think of men in personal development i'm like oh they're so successful oh, they're they're great entrepreneurs but i still have this like i'm breaking that mentality or that way of thinking and it's I don't think I realized it till just now that I still kind of have that stigma there, but it's, I don't, when I think of you and I in personal development, I don't think of us as quote unquote women in personal development. It's that's Rachel in personal development. This is Jess in personal development. So I don't think of us as those sad, lonely, whatever. I think of us on our personal journeys, the experiences that I have heard of yours and things like that. That's what I think of. But when I think about society as, in a whole like oh women in person a moment I still have that twinge of oh we're all a little bit sad inside okay. oh, we're all a little bit lonely inside like it's still it's breaking that and it I think that to me speaks to the power of how how powerful the messages we subconsciously receive and hold on to in our upbringing and how how movies and TV and relatives whatever things that we hear as we are growing up have way more impact than we give them credit for sometimes. Right. Because if you would have asked me like, Oh, what's so important about that? Whatever movie. I can't even tell you what movies I've heard these quotes in, but I can almost clearly picture a woman in a movie in a self-help book section and a short, bald fat dude making some snide remark about how like sad or dep- like desperate she must be. And so it's like, I don't, I don't even know if this movie actually exists or if this is just the collection of what my brain has put together. Because right. This is what I think of when I think of self-help books or whatever but it's that's how impactful like experience life experiences can be and even somebody who's been on a personal development journey for now two-ish years like it's still that stigma hasn't gone away yeah and it may not and my subconscious stigma might not go away for a while but my conscious mind knows better right exactly but that's exactly
0: what it is it's just you're in recognition of it, so now you can choose to accept it as the autopilot or you can choose to rewrite it when you do become aware of it, and that's mm-hmm. that's the work part, that's yeah. that's it. Uh, yes, um, that's interesting that you say that, because I I mean, I just think that for me, I just didn't, I don't think I really knew what personal development was, like I, I always, that's why I searched for it through work, mm-hmm. because I leadership made sense, but I guess I just never, like spirituality I think was still separate in that regard like people and and so for me there was just no model or role model at all about just bettering yourself oh yeah and unless it was dieting but dieting was still a bad connotation that i had it wasn't life and health and wellness it was just scarcity and lack Mm -hmm. thereof and fear based (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah pretty much right if you are fat nobody will want you and then you'll die alone
1: Yep, it all stems from that, for sure. Oh, God, we need to do a whole podcast just about how different things in your life stem back. Oh, yeah, we can
0: just collect theater, examples about yes. what what it, what's holding you back, and it could be extremely vague, and we'll, and we'll I, tie it out for you.
1: Yes, and I, oh, God, we need to do a poll. We need to start doing polls for these, like, so that we can actually I know we had some life.
0: women reach out and tell us what they were looking for, yes. um, so keep doing that, FYI. But, no, like,
1: that kind of brings it back to my relationship with Brett, like, And the leaps and bounds that we're making in our relationship is because we are, we are pregnant, we are engaged, we are planning our wedding, like, and I still come from or act from a place of fear that he is going to leave me or that I'm going to end up alone after all of this life that we have built together. And then I'm going to die alone. Like, everything stems back to I'm afraid that he's unhappy. I'm afraid he's going to leave. I'm afraid I'm going to end up dying alone.
0: But that, I mean, like you had said, like, we've talked about that was my fear as well. My fear was slightly different that I was, even in getting into personal development, I was fearful that I would change Mm -hmm. and then Tony would leave me. Mm -hmm. Um, I rarely ever had a fear that I would, I I can't even say rarely. It was never, it was never, um the inner being never turned into the scrapy pad mm-hmm. <laughs> for pans when I would think about, well, I'll become better than him and I'll leave him. Never. Yeah. It's always, and which is strange, right? Mm-hmm. That I would think that of myself is that he would go, I can't be with her anymore. Cause she's not the same person. Instead of, instead of what he would know, knowing what I know about my husband now, he would say to me, why couldn't it be, that i was attracted to the lifestyle that you were becoming mm-hmm. just as much yeah. why couldn't i love you more for the person you were becoming because that wasn't that was not my fear my fear was not that you would love me unconditionally <laughs> yes. so otherwise we wouldn't have this problem yes. <laughs> <laughs> but how much power in realizing that right. you know so um just stick with it guys just hear our hearts when we say Let like, we don't suck hardcore sometimes but it is worth it on the other side, even when it doesn't yeah. necessarily feel worth it in person, in, in the moment. I oh,
1: should man. say. Well, yeah. and I, I think it's important to say that when you're, when you feel like it's hard or that you're struggling with your personal development, your journey, that's the time to reach out. That's the time to talk. It for me, it's because you, it, you think
0: you're yeah, alone. You think that nobody's it, ever gone through what you're going through right now.
1: And I, I have definitely become that person that sometimes now laughs when people. Are telling me their struggles and it's not because I'm laughing at, at them you, yeah. it's because I'm like oh my god I get same it now <laughs> like mm-hmm. yes like like I was you a year ago I was the one crying because I thought I was alone and yeah. somebody else was laughing at me because they literally went through the same thing yeah, yeah. and thought the exact same thing that you did so yeah. yeah reach out um reach out to Rachel reach out to myself you have me on Facebook and right. be my friend just message <laughs> me all you want for friends. yeah
0: <laughs> it's not that I'm not looking for friends but you'd be better off to follow me Right. uh so great well this was a really good chat today i hope that if you're listening that you got some value and don't forget that sharing is caring you don't have to put it on anybody's facebook wall if you don't want to you can slide into the dms you can even send it to them via text message because it's an app they can download for free. <sighs> all right tell them where they can find you
1: photos with anderson doc i almost forgot oh my god photos with or on facebook you can also search for that private group it's boudoir photos with anderson
0: Yep, I'm on Instagram, Vote for Parties. I am on the Book of Face all over the place. Message me for um, in home parties for free connections. You could also follow my content on my page, like I'd mentioned. You can also reach out for health and wellness with all the things that we've just been talking about, basically. So, we want to thank you so much for tuning in. We hope that you've been having a good time here. And as we'd mentioned, if you have any suggestions or things you're looking for, slide into odd DMs Mm -hmm. and let us know, and we'll get it going for you. So, Alright, that's it. Stay happy, stay healthy, and wash your hands. Goodbye! Bye!